Hello and welcome back to Historical True Crime. I'm your host, Lizzie. Thank you so much for logging on today. Do you log on to a podcast? No, you listen to a podcast. Um, If you haven't had the chance to check out episode one and two, uh, we'd really recommend we've covered America's first serial killer and Britain's first serial killer. Um, So if you haven't had a chance, go check those two episodes out. But today we are going back all the way to 16th century Germany, and we're going to be looking into the case of a man known as the medieval boogeyman. So who was the boogeyman? Well, turns out he has a name, and that name was Peter Nurse. So the infamy of Nurse really begins when an author, Johann Wick, writes three pamphlets about his encounters with Nurse um, and covers his criminal career between 1577 and 1582. So Nurse is a fascinating and terrifying figure to the people of medieval Europe, which is a potent mix for any villain to be both fascinating and terrifying. Um, But he had ballads written about his incredible escapes uh, and stories about his love of cannibalism and dark magic. These would keep young people awake in their beds at night. Nurse, a serial killer with a talent for disguise and a fondness for escape, is said to have gained the power of invisibility from the devil himself. Okay, so if that intro doesn't capture your attention, then I have no idea what would. Um, But I'd like to take a step back and actually look at the time period that Nurse was born, specifically 16th century Germany. Uh, This podcast is, I think, a nice mix of historical fact and true crime. So Nurse is going to be born into a peasant family in 16th century Germany, and he grows up in the aftermath of what was known as the Revolution of 1525, which was sparked by widespread hostility towards the wealthy and the nobility. Nurse witnesses firsthand the challenges of widespread classism when serfdom is at its very height. Uh, He was probably wrestling with his own identity and his views because he was raised Protestant, which at the time would have been one of the most renounced religions. However, Nurse did manage to prosper in a kind of shadowy world he creates for himself, and he finds fame, power, even fortune. He's in charge of his own destiny, answerable to no one but himself and his desires. Without a doubt, Nurse's eventual uh, sociopathy is that how you pronounce that word? Someone let me know if I got it wrong. Um, So his being a sociopath was in part probably sparked by the horrible living conditions and the general treatment of the peasant class at the time. I'm going to go into more detail here about the actual um, peasant war, the uprising. So it occurred between 1524 and 1525 um, in parts of modern day Germany, southwest uh, and center, as well as in Switzerland and Austria to the east. It involved at its height uh, an estimated 300,000 peasant rebels in the spring and summer of 1525, um, although at the end it did cause an estimated 100,000 fatalities. In part triggered by the Protestant Reformation, the main driving force behind the uprising was social unrest, brought about by growing economic inequality at the time when the feud, sorry, when the feudal system was starting to dismantle. 
So you've got like hundreds of small fiefdoms and each fiefdom is going to be ruled by a different lord or prince um, and they control the labor laborers in their fiefdom in all but name. So they had the power to increase taxes, they could choose clerics, and they could just change the law at will. So these nobles had almost complete control over their respective dominions. Many lords also regulated access to their territories, rivers, and woodlands, which had previously been regarded as public land available for people to fish, collect wood, things they need for their day-to-day -day lives. Um, but now to access these areas, the poor had to pay a toll, which was often too expensive for them to manage. So in uh, the 1524 harvest season had been particularly challenging, um, filled with like backbreaking labor. And the serfs in a particular region uh, had been taxed to a point that like they had almost no personal earnings. But the Countess of Lufen wasn't content with that. So she gives the peasants instructions to go out and collect snail shells so that her seamstress can use them as thread spools which is like an absolutely ridiculous request and humiliating uh, at the same time. So the villagers are just unable to handle this humiliating chore. And in a matter of days, you have uh, about 1,200 peasants that congregate at her gates, refusing to work unless their issues are resolved. It's this incident that uh, marks the start of the German Peasants' War, uh, a chain of local uprisings that erupt across Germany. Um, so three of these local peasant bands assemble in March of 1525 to discuss their concerns. The resulting document known as the 12 Articles condemned the general idea of serfdom and demanded the emancipation of laborers from the control of their lords. Additionally, the peasants sought the freedom to choose and dismiss church members as part of their right to self-determination. But the fight grows more bloody as the peasants' numbers and their bravery increase. So the nobility who have been hiding out in Weinsberg Castle are forced to run the Pike's Labyrinth when peasants took control of it in April 1525. So the occupying army used this like completely barbaric method of execution where they forced the victims to run between two rows of peasants uh, who would repeatedly attack them with pointed weapons. But the German aristocracy didn't just lay down and give the peasants what they wanted. Nope. On the opposite side, they hired armies of well-equipped mercenaries. So even though the peasants resisted, they were just unable to overcome the German aristocracy who simply had greater resources at their hands. So individual uprisings are very quickly put down and their leaders are apprehended and killed. According to some estimates, like I said earlier, around 100,000 people, or peasants I should say, who took part in the fight perished. Even those who did manage to survive were going to be um, faced severe fines. So there was no winning. There was no coming out of this unscathed. The peasant army had failed to realize its goal of securing the freedom and rights of the serfs. And real transformation for Germany's peasant class didn't come about until many decades later. So that's like a super brief summary of the German peasant war that 
I'm not sure anyone actually asked for, but uh, I do think it's important to have an understanding of the world that Nurse was born into, uh, what had come before him and what informs his childhood, his political views, um, and maybe gives us a little bit of context into why he becomes who he becomes. Not that it excuses a single one of his crimes. In the aftermath of the peasant war, though, according to an article by Sean uh, Reverend on CVLT Nation, crime rates in Germany actually do increase as a result of the uprisings. So documents that have survived between the 1570s and the 1590s state that murder represented somewhere between 11 and 15% of all crimes committed in the nation. Nurse is going to grow up and contribute like significantly to that statistic because his career of choice is banditry. Becoming a bandit, or also known as like a highwayman, it's not a new concept. But at the time in 16th century Germany, trade and business were, were growing. It's on the rise. Um, so there are lots of wealthy travelers on the road. So a highwayman is a thief who targeted travelers and would rob them. In those days, it's, it's not like modern times where we have highways and paved roads. Back then, um, a lot of the roads that originated from towns would frequently go through thick forests, mountain ranges, both of which would have provided like a lot of hiding places for robbers who were planning to rob a carriage or murder a group of unwary visitors. According to historians, Nurse and his gang first set up shop in France. Um, eventually, their gang grows to the size of about 24 men before they leave France and go to other places in search of goods to sell and steal. So depending on the situation, the gang would either form a unified front to take down larger targets, or they'd split up um, to focus on a bunch of smaller ones. Eventually, the gang did gain the confidence to simply march into towns and villages where they would lynch, rape, and assault locals in exchange for their belongings. They moved through numerous locations, leaving a very bloody trail behind. Nurse eventually does get captured in 1577. We don't have a ton of details on how this goes down, um, except that an accomplice is the one who turns him in. At this point, Nurse and his gang have been absolutely terrorizing medieval Europe for over 11 years. They're caught in Germany, where they are tortured for their confessions. So remember, this is the 1500s. There are zero prisoner rights and absolutely no such thing as a coerced confession. So Nurse does confess to 75 murders, including the deaths of many local women. However, he ends up escaping. He simply disappears into the night. This is going to greatly affect his reputation because not only is, is Nurse a serial killer um, who just committed to 75 murders, but now he can also seemingly disappear by magic. After his escape, Nurse bands up with some of his friends um, and supposedly the devil. So according to a Ranker article, these men form a bond with Satan and Satan not only gives him his satanic approval and financial assistance to carry out their evil schemes, but also um, bestows nurse with powerful supernatural abilities. 
So it was thought that nurse first learned to adopt the physical form of something inanimate, uh, so such as a maybe a stone, a log, but later he elevates to learn to take on any animal form that he desires. Um, however, the price for his abilities was, was pretty high because the devil required a steady stream of fetuses. I'm going to let that sink in for a second, um, that the pact with the devil required nurse to obtain fetuses to keep up his abilities. So absolutely horrific. Um, not much more I can say about that. Uh, the use of fetuses has been mentioned by various Germanic legends and modern writers uh, as the way that nurse could become invisible. So remember, he seemingly escapes into the night after he's first captured um, and having the satanic ability to become invisible was likely what people thought um, was how he did it. So additionally, it was also rumored that he made magic candles out of baby fat and flesh that when lit would enable him to stealthily enter homes at night without waking up the occupants. We do have some uh, details on Nurse from a warrant that was issued for his capture in 1579. Nurse was known to carry a significant sum of money, two loaded pistols, and a broadsword. And physically, he's described as rather old um, and having two crooked fingers and a large scar on his chin. So Nurse is captured again in 1581. Uh, and the way he's captured is that he had stopped to rest uh, and spend some time at a place called the Bells, so a lodging establishment. Um, descriptions of him had been widely distributed at this point, uh, so he decided to lay low for a few days, uh, make sure that he wasn't raising suspicion, before he decided to wander out to a public bathhouse to wash. So it's when he's at this bathhouse that people begin to whisper and recognize who was among them. Unfortunately for Nurse, he didn't realize what was happening that he had been spotted until it was already too late. While Nurse is at the bathhouse, um, two people are going to slip out and they're going to find the inn where he had been staying. So before leaving the bathhouse, Nurse gives the innkeeper a small leather pouch for safekeeping. He says, these are my prized possessions. Please keep them safe uh, and I'll be back for them later. Now, after being informed who he had been housing, um, the innkeeper opens the pouch. I'm pretty confident that he had absolutely no idea what he was about to discover because once they open the pouch, they find tiny pairs of hands and dried fetus hearts. Um, I can't imagine a more disgusting thing to find, but they immediately knew who this pouch must belong to. Obviously, it belongs to the satanic worshipping thief who uses fetuses to gain and keep his uh, magical powers. So once they determine, yep, this is nurse's pouch, then they send eight men uh, to the bathhouse to seize and arrest him. It's also rumored that the fact that Nurse had been separated from his black magic pouch actually made it possible and easier to capture him since being separated uh, rendered Nurse visible and also mortal. So now comes the time for torture, which again, in medieval Europe, it's a big thing. 
Um, it's a public display of torture and a public spectacle. So people come out specifically to watch and be entertained. According to an article on Ranker, there's actually a popular ballad written about nurses' execution, uh, and it goes like this. On the first day, strips of his flesh were systematically ripped from his body while hot oil was poured into the open wounds. On the second day, the bottom of his feet were smeared with grease and then held above burning coals, essentially roasting him alive. And on the third day, he was dragged through the streets and strapped to the infamous breaking wheel where his body received 42 bone-breaking blows. Not quite the chart-topping hit that I'm used to, but... um... I have no idea what the tune was, and I'm certainly not going to try and sing it. What I do want to talk more about is what a breaking wheel actually was. It's arguably one of history's cruelest forms of torture. So the wheel was first used as a manner of punishment under the brutal Roman ruler Commodus, who um, you might remember from the film uh, The Gladiator. According to Jeffrey Abbott, author of What a Way to Go, people were restrained on a bench by Commodus, who then rolled a wheel covered in spikes over the victim's body. Additionally, the executioner would roll the wheel up the victim's body and pound it into them, inflicting like horrifying amounts of pain. Again, according to Abbott, Christians and slaves are the two categories of individuals who typically would face the wrath of the wheel. The wheel would occasionally go from a person's ankles to their face, um, one of the most horrific forms of torture. At other times, they would roll it horizontally across your body. Now, the wheel execution process took place quite differently in Germany than it did in, say, France, um, where in Germany a wheel was placed on top of a tripod. This method is considered superior to others since it allowed observers from all sides to receive a clear view and it eliminated the need for the executioner to circle the wheel. Um, The wheel was set aside for the very worst offenses in Germany, France, and other nations. Occasionally, the wheel wouldn't actually kill a person. Uh, This was the case with Nurse, who survived his turn on the wheel, um, but then the executioner simply quartered him by sawing his limbs from his body, and uh, no one survives that. Some might ask, why such brutal torture? Well, Nurse had confessed to the death at this point of 544 people, If his statement is true, he'd be one of the most prolific serial killers in history. But we also need to remember that, again, human rights in this time, not a thing. Um, And medieval confessions were incredibly prolific because torture was so rampant. And it was also believed to be the most effective way to get the truth. Um, So I don't know that we'll ever have a fully clear idea of the amount of people that Nurse had killed, but we can guess that it's just a lot. So was Peter Nurse a cannibalistic, Satan-loving magician with the ability to shapeshift and turn invisible? Maybe... But it's far more likely that these rumors emerged uh, to explain the unexplainable. So it's easier to attribute these heinous crimes to Satan than to admit that a normal man had committed these atrocities. 
people in medieval Europe may not have been able to imagine uh, the existence of a true psychopath, but they really did recognize the devil's influence. That was something that they could get behind. More recent research suggests that rather than like a genuine capacity to assume the form of a shifting look animal, Nurse was probably a master of disguise who often changed his appearance to pose as things like a soldier, a merchant, uh, or even a leper. So whether you consider Nurse to be a satanic uh, person with supernatural abilities or just a psychopath, I think we can all agree um, that he is one of history's most horrific killers um, and his legacy will remain that. So that's the end of the very disturbing story of Peter Nurse or the medieval boogeyman and I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have case suggestions or any feedback, you can reach us on Instagram at historical true crime pod or by email at historical true crime pod at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will be back next week with another tale from the dark tunnel of history. We'll see you then. <laughs>